This is the shortlist. USA Today editors pick out the most interesting stories of the day. I'm Hannah Burton. Here are the three stories we've got in the podcast. A whole year in space? I wonder what that does to your body. Super Tuesday was pretty super for only two of the seven candidates. And finally, an extremely important abortion rights case headed to the Supreme Court today. First up, NASA astronaut Scott Kelly is back on Mother Earth after 340 consecutive days in space. That's more than any American in history. Shout out to you, Scott. Welcome home. The main goal of his mission was to figure out how long-term spaceflight affects the human body. Why? Oh, no big deal. We just want to send a crewed mission to Mars. But to do that, we might have to figure out how to keep astronauts in space for a very long time. Now that he's back, NASA wants to perform tests to see how his body has changed. Luckily for them, Scott has an identical twin brother, Mark, a retired astronaut who remained on the ground while Scott circled the Earth. Mark is the control subject and will also be tested. So what does Scott really think about being in space for a whole year? A year's a long time, you know. I, uh, you know, I felt like I'd been up there my whole life, you know, after about the first six months which is like the normal increment. The normal increment is about six months, and that's a long time, so a year is really, really long. But uh, I'm definitely encouraged on our ability to go even longer. I mean, I kind of, you know, even though I look forward to coming home and there's things that I miss, I felt like if, if it was for the right reason, I clearly could have stayed, you know, however long it took. Next up, although it's called Super Tuesday, yesterday wasn't very super for most candidates. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton came out as the big winners of yesterday's primaries. While Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, and Bernie Sanders did win some states, it is clear who the frontrunners are. Now, what does all of this mean? Listen to USA Today's Washington Bureau Chief Susan Page as she offers lessons to take away from last night's results. It's Super Tuesday, and I think you have to say it was a very good night for Donald Trump for Hillary Clinton, both of them solidifying their stand as the likely nominee for their two parties. Think about what Donald Trump did tonight. He won in a Democratic state, Massachusetts. He won in a swing state of Virginia. He won in three Republican states, Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee. And for Hillary Clinton, she won in Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas, and Virginia. Now, while Bernie Sanders won some states, Ted Cruz won some states, this was a great night for the two people who you have to call now, the front runners, the likely nominees, uh, both of them see a path ahead. And in fact, in their remarks after their victories, both of them clearly had turned to a general election stance. Hillary Clinton talked more about making America great again, what that really ought to mean. Donald Trump responded directly to the things that she had said in her victory speech. These two candidates are now moving toward a general election mode. But one of the things we tried to look at was what lessons have we learned so far in this contest. And there's, let me just mention one for each party. For the Republicans, this is a divided Republican party. Earlier today, the top Republican in the House and top Republican in the Senate came out, talked to reporters specifically to criticize, without mentioning him by name, Donald Trump's uh, initial failure to disavow the support of David Duke, former leader of the Ku Klux Klan. Also a challenge for Democrats. That's the enthusiasm gap. In state after state, we've seen record turnout on the Republican side. We've seen a drop in turnout in the Democratic side compared with 2008. And there is more enthusiasm among Democratic voters for Bernie Sanders and for Hillary Clinton. So a task ahead for each of these candidates, but they have gone a long way toward being the nominees tonight.
And last on the list, this might be the most widespread abortion rights case the Supreme Court has considered in an entire generation. Why is it so important? Well, the ruling could affect abortion restrictions in many states across the country. The Supreme Court must decide if a Texas law that requires all abortions to take place in facilities with hospital-like standards is constitutional. Hundreds of demonstrators gathered outside the Supreme Court today ahead of the hearing. Here's USA Today's Ryan Connolly-Holmes with the report. The Supreme Court hears its first abortion case in nearly a decade on Wednesday, which brought hundreds of demonstrators from both sides of the issue to rally on its steps. We are the Women deserve, you know, if, they're, if you're going to have an abortion, you deserve a safe abortion. I don't think that, that you know, abortion clinics should be held to a lower sales and safety standard than every other ambulatory surgical center. We are here to stand up to ensure that people who need to access abortion can. It's important that we have this incredibly important medical service accessible to people, and I think that people are really feeling galvanized by the potential rollback of abortion rights in this country. The case centers on whether a Texas law that mandates strict regulations on abortion doctors and clinic buildings interferes with a woman's constitutional right to an abortion. While it is a hotly contested issue, some in the crowd express their positions with a bit of levity. Everyone who's out here today to support women's health and women's reproductive health care access needs a hug. And I'm here to represent and give hugs. As the court case plays out and the rhetoric intensifies between the two sides, members from both parties still acknowledge the passion that each demonstrates for their cause. There's a lot of tension definitely just between the two groups, but I think both groups are so dedicated to what they believe in and we're so passionate about human rights. I think the tension comes from a different understandings of human rights. They have a right to be here. I think what they're saying is important and should be recognized, but um, the way they're doing it isn't really uh, the best way. In a split 4-4 vote, the Supreme Court would defer to the Circuit Court Fifth Court of Appeals, which upheld the law. The Supreme Court is expected to announce a ruling on the case by the end of June. Well, that's it for the shortlist. Tomorrow morning, be sure to listen to USA Today's Five Things, giving you the top stories you need before you start your workday. The shortlist and five things are part of the USA Today podcast network. You can stream or download our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think. Tweet us with the hashtag, The Shortlist. I'm Hannah Burton. Thanks for listening.